Hi, this is John Harcher, and welcome to episode 37 of Valleys of Numenor. We go back to our original protagonist this episode of Foundation and see how Gal, Salver, and Harry are getting along as they try to discover what's going on with the Foundation after almost 150 years. Episode 37, Foundation 0205, The Sighted and the Seen. Alex Graves is back directing this episode. Short one this week, only 47 minutes or so. It looks like we're getting a flashback to the moment where Harry and Raish did the whole murder thing. Selden makes it clear he has it all planned out. Just make sure Gail is involved. Well, best laid plans. Then Harry wakes up to find Raish walking over to him. He thinks he's dreaming, but the dead man says it's not a dream. Harry's only worried about his big plan. The individuals don't matter. Harry then wakes up, but it wasn't a dream, was it? Gale still had the knife that killed him, so he tries to cut himself, and he does. A god who bleeds! Harry still doesn't know how he's back alive, but the other two speculate he's been cloned, just like the Emperor. The beggar now finally arrives at the place we thought it was going a couple episodes ago, Ignis. They enter the atmosphere, but the planet's ions mess up the whole computer system and the power goes out. They crash land into the trees, but as they say, better the trees than the mountains. The warden in Salver comes to the forefront as she heads out to confront whoever called them. On Trantor, the guard lets Sarath know there's nothing easily findable regarding the assassination. I'll have to dig deeper. So the queen realizes she has to look in the king's bedroom himself. Days there waiting, trying to figure out how to do it with a real person when he's been doing demersal. The queen arrives and Jay tries to be smooth about it in the most clumsy way possible. She looks around trying to find out where the cameras would be. She decides to push the issue, making the emperor a little confused. She gets on top of him. He flips her under and tries to get things right, but can't quite get everything lined up trying to keep this clean but he changes on a dime and confronts her over her search for the recordings he accuses her of hiring the killers she says she didn't but wants to know she can be safe he vows to find whoever did it she's not really impressed with his detective skills so far considering he's found nothing and if he does then she'll go ahead with the wedding she's ordered to leave and demersal returns he says he didn't kill the family and doesn't think she tried to kill him, but who knows if either of those are right. We go back 30 years ago to see the meeting between now Dusk and Rue. Turns out they're enjoying the recording of that in his room. They can go even further back to the moment they first met. He asks her, does she know these memories are missing? She says it's odd, but if it can be done to her, an emperor can have it done as well. Thus says all of their memories are held in, guess where? The Memoriam. Nicely named. They try things again, this time all memories intact. Again, trying to keep it clean. On Ignis, Salver chases after a hooded figure in the woods. She traps him and has him take off his mask. It's none other than Hugo. But how after 138 years? He gives some kind of crazy explanation that sounds plausible 
enough. On the ship, Harry and Gail discuss the ranges and limits of psychohistory and how tied into this he is now since Salver is Race's child as well. Speaking of, she goes to bring Hugo back onto the ship. Harry tells Gal to hide the Prime Radiant so he can't find it. Salver makes her way through one door but seldom blocks the other one. He says Hugo's mass is off, so he has Salver switch control of the ship back to him and has him try to open the door. Surprise! He can't because it's not Hugo. The ship's hull is then breached by the locals who knock all of them out with a blast from their minds. In the Guard McQueen's group discusses exactly how Day survived the assassination attempt. They need to find the memory of the person who treated him. In the memoriam, the guard tries to get the cape from that day. The keeper says he should have them since the emperor has been tearing through the vaults, but he gives him a copy anyway. Elsewhere, Demersal and Dust talk about how Day is the one who could control the memory, downloads, and wipes of everyone. The old man wonders how he would even know if it happened or to question why. The robot lets him know it hasn't happened yet. That night in the garden, the group see who rescued Day, the half-headed Demersal. At the tomb of Cleon I, Dawn and Dust try to see if the original has any advice for them, so they activate his memory. The First Emperor walks out and tells his clones they shouldn't be jealous or concerned. Not satisfied, the two of them go down to the memoriam to get all the memories of all the Cleons. Dust looks back on his time as Day and how things started to get out of hand, but Demersal kept things in control. Or did she? Once they receive the memories, they see all the Cleons have the same memory sizes, roughly, except for the first who had three or four times as many memories as the others. So how long has this memory wiping been going on? On Ignis, the three captives are in an area that's not exactly a prison, the two women hear voices and head towards them up into a mountain. There they find the locals worshipping the almighty and eternal Bob. I mean a young girl who calls herself Talon Bond. Harry and Gail introduce themselves with their full names and planets, but Salver just gives her first name. Talon answers her with her full name and planet. She briefly threatens them, but Harry notices the goddess isn't casting shadow, meaning she's not there. Toto pulls the curtain back, I mean the image goes away and the older Talonbond emerges. She mentions the ladies are similar to the people there, Mentalics and Telepaths. She can read these two like a book, they're that wide open. She was also the one who did that whole thing with Harry with Raish. The three of them are taken away while the guy who is pretending to be Hugo shows the goddess the image of the prime radiant he got out of their heads. Tell him, says she's going to make sure the second foundation never happens. So a whole lot of seeds for the mule are being sown here. The whole idea of individuals nesting with psychohistory comes up again to the forefront. Uh, plus a whole planet of metallics, which is what the mule will be, trying to make sure the second foundation doesn't happen, adds to the drama. Plus, there was that one section where Dust says Demersal took care of everything for him, but things were still spiraling out of control. Why, it's almost like she wanted it to happen. Hmm. Not sure what to think of Sarah's denial she was behind the assassination attempt, and Dave's denial he had family wiped out. 
with the whole idea of memory wiping, we may not know exactly who did what at the last minute, and a character may not know it either. I do have to point out how much fun Lee Pace looks to be having this season. Since this day is far more temperamental to the ones before, this allows them to run the full gamut of emotions and always be on target. You gotta take these opportunities when they come up. Before we're done, just a quick bit of housekeeping. Season 3 of Foundation was already in production when the writers and actor strikes happened, so we'll see if it gets pushed back another year or longer, depending how long the strike goes. Next time, it looks like a lot of our threads will be coming together as Day and Sarath try to figure out what they're going to do. Telemban tries to break up the trio, and Hogar Mallow gets to where he's going, wherever that is. As next time of Valleys of Numenor, I'm John Hartrock. Thanks for listening.